everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And we are really excited today to bring you a, another interview with one of our hall stars. It's very exciting. A new actress uh, to the Hallmark family today. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and we're talking with actress Kat Burrell. And Kat, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. Hey, Rachel. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. This is such a crazy time. We're kind of, uh, we'd like to be asking our guests these days, kind of, how are you surviving this time of quarantine? This what are time you, what of quarantine. <laughs> well, it's been all right, actually. I go through, I think, ups and downs like everybody else does. Yeah. Some days I'm, I'm like, oh, this is, you know, uh, what a, how fortunate that I can take time to catch up on all the things that, you know, the to-do list that was piling up of all the little things that you know, we all have that have to do like fix this thing in the house and go sign up for that and make sure you get this filled out and all those things. So some days I'm like, Oh, this is, it's nice that you can kind of catch up. But then of course, other days it's the reality sets in of everything that's going on. It's hard to be away from family. I've been going to, um, I've well, a couple times gone to see my, my parents and we like basically just sit in the backyard, like 10 feet apart from each other, but it's still at least nice to, you know, see them. Yeah. But it's hard. It's hard not to hug people. It's hard. And then of course, you know, the, the real fear and the severity sets in of, of what's going on. I have a very good friend that's battling COVID in the hospital right now and she's severely immune compromised and it's, it's terrifying. So it's like, it runs the whole gamut of, of like, you know, this is so strange, but I get to spend more time with my family and that's kind of nice and looking for the silver lining of it all. And then the reality of like how, how frightening and how serious it is. And it's, it's all over the place. So I find that I'm, I'm swinging all over the place depending on you know, the moment, but, um, I've just been focusing on getting stuff done that, um, because I'm traveling a lot for work, it's nice to be home for a significant amount of time. So doing some fixing around the house and, um, redecorating a few things and, um, ordering stuff online. The computer is a very dangerous online ordering. (laughs) You gotta, you gotta be careful with that. But, um, you know, that's been, that's been nice to be able to get that stuff done and, and, uh, and then just reconnecting with my husband and spending time mm-hmm. as a family and, and enjoying some nice hikes with the dog in the forest. And um, so a what's the bit most, of everything. What's the most ridiculous COVID purchase that you've made? Oh boy. <laughs> um, most ridiculous. Oh, uh, well, I did, I did go on and buy some jumpsuits online because I've only been wearing yoga pants, Yeah, <laughs> yoga pants. I haven't put on a pair of jeans. I was just talking with my agent and she sent me a picture of her jeans that are like soaked with water. And she's like, oh, I put these on and they don't fit. So I soaked them with water and now I'm sitting in them to dry and stretch them out. I was like, girl, I haven't put on a pair of jeans in two months. I have no <laughs> idea if my jeans still fit me. And I'm not going to, but I, um, I don't know about ridiculous, but I did buy some jumpsuits thinking this would be a nice happy medium between sloppy yoga pants yeah. and something that would look nice, even uh-huh. though nobody's going to see me. It, it would just make me feel a little bit nicer. Yeah. So I, I did do that. And then, um, um, you better be gosh, careful because the overalls yeah. are like the next step. Right, right, exactly, exactly. I mean, it would be the ne- they are jeans, some of yeah, them, yeah, so yeah. that might be. But nothing, nothing crazy. I I do this thing where I'll put the item in my cart, 
And then if I want it a few days later, then I'll purchase it to try and avoid the impulse yeah. buying because it's so easy to impulse buy online. Smart. But there, a lot of it is like things that I've wanted to buy for the house and upgrade stuff over the years. I just bought like some mid, like vintage mid-century credenzas for my living room and, and things like that where, um, where, you know, I've wanted to, to purchase them for a while. So it hasn't yeah. been too impulsive, but it's very easy to buy things online that's for sure yeah i mean i've actually toned it down as far as buying stuff online because yeah i know i'm weird but but the thing is is that the two-day shipping hasn't been working so it's like less of a draw you know Mm -hmm, (laughs) which mm -hmm, is ridiculous but uh but yeah the the it has been a very up and down time for me like i i thought that it would be very easy because i already work from home but I right. definitely felt the isolation. I've really missed my friends and, yes. and uh, I've had some health problems myself, not COVID related, of course, right. but, uh, but still, you know, that's been stressful and, oh, and, uh, and just when you're, uh, when you're all by yourself, it, it all the time and you don't have any break from it. That's very like, hard. It's hard. That's very, very difficult. L- luckily. I luckily I've had the podcast, but even that, you know, it's like, you need actual humans in your life. Like the, like there you need people. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we don't realize how much just going to the coffee shop, even if you're not having a direct interaction, because I'm sort of like you, like when I'm not filming, I'm pretty much home. Uh Um, so, you know, I have said in some ways, my days when I'm home feel very similar, but there is something to be said. I think when we work from home, those little interactions of going to the coffee shop or just going out for a walk and sitting on a bench and seeing other people pass by and being able to talk with them, I think is so important. Um, such as that sense of community. And it's, it's very difficult when we don't have that. Yeah, there. I mean, thank goodness there's a um, uh, a theater near my house, about mm, about 15 minutes from my house. That oh. they have a a lot of uh, land around the theater by chance, uh, and so they have created they created a makeshift drive-in movie theater. Oh wow! Yeah, where you're not allowed to go outside. Like you're in your car the whole in time. It's car. as safe as you could be. Yeah. And uh, so they have shown uh, Jurassic Park and Back to the Future. And then tonight I'm seeing oh. E.T. Oh, uh, nice. And so like, I'm so grateful to them. The first time when I saw Jurassic Park, I just started to cry because I'm like, because I'm a film critic, like yeah, losing movie, the movie theater experience yeah. and seeing my fellow critics and my friend and my friends and other things. That has been so hard. Yeah, and so I'm so sure. grateful to them that they have found a way to kind of at least keep something alive in this crazy time. Uh, Absolutely. So, yeah. And so how do you feel as a critic about the theaters that are um, releasing, pulling their releases from the cinemas and releasing them yeah. on video on demand? What do you think about that? Uh, you know, it's an interesting thing. I, I, I think that uh, it's, I think that, it's a good thing that they are doing it uh now the the for the moment if i'm looking at it as a as a as very short term kind of a thing i think it's a good thing 
if I'm looking at it from the long-term perspective mm-hmm. of what it could do for yeah. film in, in that theater window, uh, theatrical window, that's concerning. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, because wasn't it like Universal pulled? Yeah. Uh, and then AMC was like, okay, well, we're never going to air another one of yeah. your films again. And I mean, it's that kind of ripple effect where you go, well, what's going to happen to cinema and the traditional yeah, cinema? I mean, it's... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. There's this thing called the, the people might not know listening, thing called the theatrical window. Mm -hmm. And it's basically this agreement between the theater uh, chains and the studios of they, they get this window of when they have the film and nobody else can have it. And it used to be way longer Mm -hmm, (laughs) way longer and movies used to stay in the theaters way longer and uh and then there used to be a basically like a rental window where blockbuster would Uh, then have it next yeah man (laughs) blockbuster would have it next and uh and that's why when when movies would first come out onto to vhs uh, back in the day, they used to be like a hundred dollars, one hundred and twenty dollars. You know, they'd be really expensive to to, to buy because it was the blockbuster window, and then finally it would get released and and whatever, and and things just keep getting lessened and lessened and lessened and lessened. And you can already watch some some movies that are same day on demand in theaters, whatever. You'll see that, but usually mm. those movies are not very good, and they're they're not uh, they're not really getting much of a rollout but here with trolls world world tour uh here you've got a mainstream uh movie going straight to straight to video on demand and but because but it made sense on the short term Uh because there was no theater there was no window yeah absolutely Uh, um and of course like universal they want to keep that because they don't have to divide any of the profits they get they get all the profits and so even though it made less money it was profitable for them because it was 100% theirs as opposed to and so the head of universal come out saying hey we'd like to do this more this is great for us yeah. and then the theaters change saying whoa wait a minute here a like second, yeah. yeah and so that was pretty stupid of universal to say and uh so i think that because there's no way that they're not going to have the theatrical window for something like jurassic world 3 or uh fast and furious or the minions move like those movies are going to theaters like so the the whole thing got kind of out of control and ridiculous. yeah i mean the fast and the furious franchise for sure see the thing is there are movies that you need like that's like james james cameron is a perfect example he designed technology to film titanic to film avatar he he consciously made movies that you really couldn't properly experience unless you watched them in the theater and i think this is this is one of these things of like I think it was Martin Scorsese came out and and kind of bashed the Avengers franchise and said, you know, this is like, I I don't remember the words he used, but it was like theme park movies or something like this. And and, I mean, I understand what he's saying, but it's also like, this is, it's it's hard because it's an art form and a business. Mm -hmm. And it's this intersection of, and and, then audiences just are not, they're, we're consuming content in a completely different way. And so I really do think the industry has to adapt and they're going to, I mean, what James Cameron is doing is exactly what, you know you you really can't appreciate a superhero movie 
in the theaters. I mean, or sorry, at home, mm. but you can appreciate a movie like Marriage Story at home, yeah. Yeah. you know? So I think it's just going to become more and more that the, the cinema experience, the 3D, the 4D yeah. with the, with all the extra, like the buzzing seats. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of it, but but you know, it's a it's a different, unique form of entertainment. Yeah, I think that family films are actually probably the most vulnerable. That's right. probably what made this Trolls World Tour especially nerve wracking for these theater owners. Um, because think about it, if you have kids, I don't know if you have kids, but no, I don't. But, I don't but children, if you no. had, if you had kids, like, would you rather show Trolls World Tour at your house for twenty dollars to rent it? for your kids and they can be loud and annoying and frustrating mm-hmm. and you can get the whatever treats they want you can pause it if they have to go to the bathroom you know whatever <laughs> yeah like would you rather do that for 20 bucks or would you rather take your kids to the movie theater and you're gonna spend 20 like yeah. ten dollars per person per at least yeah plus least, the like 50 dollar popcorn drinks yeah, and all that food. stuff Plus they're loud, plus it's frustrating, plus others, you know, like all the other things that go. So I actually think that family films are the most vulnerable to if, if the theater, if the studios decide to, to push this, Mm -hmm. I think the family films are the most vulnerable because I think it's the most attractive option. Like I think most adults still would prefer to go to the theater because yeah. it's a social social, it's a social experience event. but for families it's like it, it, it's the only one that i think is less desirable yeah i agree to stay at home like to stay at home is more desirable for a family whereas i think for singles i think it's less desirable for the most part and uh so i don't know it's gonna be interesting to see if yeah. if that gets pushed more uh but um uh, but yeah it's I don't know it's it's an no, interesting it's a tricky thing. one I've been really I've we've been following it and, yeah. and it's it's really it is interesting yeah so we'll the see. back and forth between the studios and the, yeah. the things has been pretty interesting it's crazy I mean I'm just afraid that like actors are going to be replaced with avatars like oh, you'll, if you're a famous actor you'll have to like you'll sell your likeness like your skin yeah. essentially to these companies and they'll make movies but then can you think about it like maybe you record the voiceover or maybe there's a way that they can record enough of you speaking that they can use your voice and make you say anything i mean i'm sure this technology exists and then what happens and then it's like you can get some a-list actor to do i don't know four movies simultaneously it's sort of crazy Mm -hmm. to think about the future of our industry and and what might happen because video games and all these like motion capture technology is so good now mm-hmm. it's scary yeah but no, we're it not is there yet true. <laughs> it is true i mean you watch something yeah. like captain marvel and you're like wow they look really good yeah they look really, they look really good, good right <laughs> it's like they can do anything it's sort of i don't know i think there's going to be a lot of change in the entertainment industry in the next 10 years mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah very interesting to see yeah. where, where and, we end up and it's going to be interesting to see when when they when they start filming again what like who's going to take that first leap yeah and what's it going to look like and what's going to happen and i don't know it's just none of us have ever experienced so we're all just kind of watching waiting and and watching well they have started shooting um 
in Australia, I believe they started. Oh yeah, I think with yeah. a um, New Zealand because I think New Zealand, New Zealand, they started yeah. something. There are slowly things that are opening up, and I've heard a lot because I'm actually in the middle of shooting right now on um, a sci-fi show called Winona Earp, and we uh-huh. were only six episodes in. And we stopped. So we've mm-hmm. got six more episodes to shoot. And so I've kind of been in a little bit of contact with the producers mm-hmm. about what they're sort of thinking and, you know, how yeah. we can go back to work eventually in a safe way. So, gosh, it's really interesting. But I guess if we try to look for the sim- silver lining, there's a lot of innovation happening right yeah. now. And, you know, the best minds in the world are just trying to figure this out on all angles from a health perspective yeah. and, um, and so, I mean, you know, we just yeah, got to wait and see. It's yeah, crazy. It's going to be yeah. fascinating and to see what kind of creativity came, particularly from writers during all this. It's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to see how it all play mm-hmm. out. But, mm-hmm. um, but let's dive in to <laughs> learning a little bit more about you. This has all been very, very good. Uh, but tell us a little bit, what inspired you to get into acting, to become an actor? Um, I always had a pretty vivid imagination as a kid. Um, I'm a pretty, I'm a rather introverted person. And Mm -hmm. I think for me, what I really love about acting is the freedom to, I guess, experience life in in someone else's world and try things that I, Catherine, may never try or be Mm -hmm. too shy to try or um, I, I kind of love that I'm not a, a very, I find there's like kind of two different types of people that tend to gravitate towards acting. There's people who really love the performative entertainer aspect of it, making people laugh and feel and being more like out there. And um, then there's, I think, actors who I've met who are more like the side I come at it from, which is a little bit more of the chameleons and loving to step into someone else in that character kind of giving you permission to live a version of life that you might not. Um, and that's, I think, what I loved about it. I, I just, I love the, the, the getting to try completely different lives that I would never get to. That, that element of pretend, I mean, it really, it really makes me excited. And, and I, I love the idea that you can provide a cathartic experience for a viewer and that they can kind of process their emotions through these characters. I, I find that very rewarding. So how did you kind of get started? Did you do plays in high school or? Mm-hmm. or oh yeah. yeah, I did. Uh, I did plays in high school. So I did stuff with my, my high school didn't actually have a very good arts program. We were more of a sports school. So I, because of that though, sort of a blessing in disguise because we didn't have really an arts program. And literally my gym teacher was my drama teacher. So mm-hmm. um, when, when she saw that I took such a keen interest in doing theater and plays, um, she really gave me kind of the ability to, to, to try, sorry, just getting a little plumbing issue fixed in my house oh. and they're drilling <laughs> through the wall. So I don't okay. know if I should stop or keep going. They, that no. sound just might come back. Okay. Um, That's but, right. um, and, and, uh, so yeah, so I, I was really lucky because she was kind of like, listen, if you want to mount a play, if you want to use the stage, whatever you want to use, you know, you're really responsible. I trust you. So if you want to use it, just let me know, kind of like, here are the keys. And I remember, um, 
my best friend Bridget and I wrote a play in high school and we, we, we cast it and we put it on and we sold tickets and people came and it was this really incredible, we built hmm. the set, this really amazing experience. And I remember we had to share the stage with the football team. So like all these sweaty, stinky guys would come on the stage with their cleats and there would be like mud everywhere and it would reek. And I would have to, before rehearsal, like sweep the mud off the stage. Just pause for the drilling. <laughs> what were they doing? What was the football team doing on the stage? Well, because we just didn't have the space. Like we didn't have the space for a, I don't know how many guys are on a football, 50, 40, So they 50 were just guys. practicing or something? Yeah. So they would get changed there because we didn't have the locker room space for them to keep their equipment anywhere. And, you know, heaven forbid that the football players bring home their equipment. So <laughs> they got to keep it on the stage, which meant that I had to move it out of the way in order to use the stage. Like this is how little support there was for the arts <laughs> in my high school but it was funny That's because I was funny. actually um a basketball player in high school I played a ton of basketball and so half the year I was sort of in the sports world and then half the year I would in, in the spring I would switch over and do the plays mm -hmm. and um and so I knew the football coach and I so vividly remember going to him like all fired up and being like you have to tell these guys to clean off the stage it's so disrespectful and <laughs> Um, but I was really lucky to, um, to get the opportunities that I did to be creative and to write. And I directed the Wizard of Oz in high school and all these things that if I had gone to a high school with a huge performing program, I never would have gotten to mm -hmm. kind of take the initiative on that. And I actually think I really grew um, because I didn't have the resources readily, av uh, readily available. But I also, so I did that in high school. And then I also had a community theater program that I um, did a few plays with. And, um, and then I went to musical theater school. It was the only school that I wanted to go to, sort of the dream. It was, it's a really amazing program for musical theater. And all I wanted to do for years was to get into this program. And I took dance lessons and extra singing lessons when I was in high school to prepare for this audition. Um, and it was like a notoriously challenging program to get into. And then I got into the program and within six months, I realized that it actually wasn't the right program for me. Mm. And I ended up switching and uh, going to classical theater school. I had um, a teacher who very kindly pulled me aside and was like, listen, I don't think you're going to rise to your potential as an actor in this program, this musical theater program. I think you should look for an acting program. And um, I took his advice and I studied classical theater for three years at a different school and uh, did a lot of Shakespeare and Shaw and Brecht. And um, I uh, got out of that. And then I took uh, a lot of night classes in film acting because it is a slightly different technique. And I just wasn't really, my, my performance on film was very theatrical. It was very big because that was so what I was used to doing. And so I really had to learn how to scale back the performance for film and for your audience being two feet away from your face. It's a, it's a really different yeah. kind of feeling. And I mean, obviously all the core principles are the same, but it's, um, it's different. Mm -hmm. So, so I did that and, uh, <laughs> and then here I am. I mean, I don't know that it's been just yeah. a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, a lot of, no's and a few amazing yeses and uh yeah and here That's we are really interesting so 
We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. They are the good folks over at Sundance Now. And this is a really exciting streaming service. We're all looking for more and more content these days, different things we can stream. And you know, in a prepackaged world, when it comes to TV, we're spoon-fed reality junk, competitive dating shows, and singers behind masks. And uh, we need stories. Uh, we need uh, things that are a little bit more thoughtful, that are a little bit deeper, that challenge us a little bit more. And uh, d- don't you want something that's good for your TV soul? This is a great time to check out Sundance Now. Sundance Now is an ad-free streaming service created by AMC Networks for people who appreciate thought-provoking storytelling and fresh perspectives. If meaningful shows are your escape, then Sundance Now is the destination. Sundance Now offers the best of true crime series, dramas, and thrillers from all over the world. Their original series, McMafia, State of the Union, and The Cry have received international praise and awards. You can, ex- you can stream Sundance Now on all your favorite devices. Just download the app or watch online and discover exclusive shows from around the world instantly. And one thing that uh, the Hallmarkies crowd will really enjoy is they have an entire section that is all for romances, which we really enjoy, including a latest version of Wuthering Heights. And if you love your period pieces like I do, then you can really enjoy that. There's also all kinds of documentaries. There's all kinds of series. uh, And uh, so there's a lot of really wonderful films and shows that you can watch on Sundance Now. Uh, Sundance Now is available as low as $4.99 a month. That's an unbeatable price for award-winning content. And uh, so start your next streaming obsession now. Try Sundance Now free for 30 days by going to SundanceNow.com. Use promo code Hallmarkies. That's SundanceNow.com code Hallmarkies for 30 days of free streaming. SundanceNow.com code Hallmarkies. So you were doing music dance uh, and you moved over to just doing more classical acting uh, so got rid of the music component is that the big difference yeah I mean well and musical theater it's a it's a different performative style you're dancing and you're breaking out into song and whereas Mm -hmm. classical theater was almost more like um, getting really back to the basics and a lot of text work a lot of text analysis a lot of accent work body work with different movement coaches and And really just, if you think about when I was in musical theater school, my day was a a third spent on developing as an actor, a third as a singer, and a third as a dancer. I was never going to be a dancer. It just was never going to happen. I'm really tall. I was never going to be in a chorus because I was just going to stick out like a sore thumb. Mm -hmm. Um, And to get into musical theater, that's sort of your way in. You kind of go into the chorus and then you work your way up to playing leads. But I was always an actor first and a singer second and Mm -hmm. a dancer very, very behind (laughs) both those skills. So, so um, yeah, yeah, I know I made the right decision. I still have a huge soft spot for musical theater in my heart, but I, looking back now, I can't imagine um, working, working in musicals. I just don't see myself there anymore, but uh, I do miss theater a lot. I Uh I worked a little bit professionally when I left theater school, but then I fortunately um, started booking a lot more film and TV jobs and and it just sort of went Uh in that direction, but I would love to do a play again. Do you have a favorite Shakespeare uh, role or dream Ooh. Shakespeare role? Oh boy. I would love to play Lady Macbeth one day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, talk about an incredible, incredible role. Um, 
I mean, Ophelia and Hamlet is an amazing role. I think I've probably, I'm definitely a little bit too old for that now. I always wanted to, to do Juliet, but what young classical theater major doesn't. Right. Um, <laughs> but I, I would love to play Lady Macbeth. That would yeah. be definitely a dream. Um, I, I played the Princess of France in Love's Labor, Labor's Lost, which is a mm-hmm. weird play, but I had an incredible experience doing it and I actually really loved the part. Um, yeah, and I 12th, feel Twelfth Night would yeah. be another one I would love to do. That one's really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Be- Beatrice, I think, would be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that that one would be fun. In a, in a, yeah, and I uh, yeah, Lady Macbeth, I think, is probably the 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 most yeah iconic female role, maybe in, in Juliet. Yeah, I mean, uh, it would be interesting. Probably. I haven't worked on Shakespeare in so long, and. And back when I was doing Shakespeare, I was, God, like 10 years younger than I am now. So there were so many amazing parts yeah. for women that I just wasn't ready for yet. I wasn't old enough yet. And I would so love to go back. I mean, I've really thought about going to New York for a week and just taking a Shakespeare intensive. I actually yeah. would love to do yeah, that. So, yeah. um, I, you know, maybe that's in the cards for me for me in the next little while it would be really amazing to to mm. just just get back in there i just miss it so much and yeah. and uh and there's all these parts now that i'm old enough to to start to work mm-hmm. on and um yeah. like there's material that i i never could have touched before so right that would be really amazing so were you always in toronto uh um i've gone around? back and forth yeah so i i've gone back and forth to la my my husband is also an actor and he was working in la and uh we traveled back and forth we actually were living there full-time last year but it just um fortunately I, i've been working a lot in in canada so mm-hmm. um work kind of kept bringing me back here and now with all the technology i mean i I self-tape auditions for my American manager all the time and they get submitted. It, 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 we don't have to be there anymore, which is, which yeah. is nice. You know, you don't have to be in LA or New York. Um, LA wasn't totally for me. I love the weather. California is a beautiful place, but I didn't love the city like to live full time for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would, I'm more of a New York if I was going to choose one of the two cities. Uh, but Toronto is sort of perfect. I mean, my family's here. I grew up just outside the city um, I'm such a Canadian at heart. And um, so I think Toronto will always be sort of home. And then there'll be like little satellite cities for work. I've spent a lot of time out West shooting in Calgary, Alberta, which is um, another part of Canada. And, uh, but Toronto's mm-hmm. home. Toronto's definitely home. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it works perfect because it's where uh, Good Witch is That's shot, right. So yeah, <laughs> it's very convenient. The studio is like 25 <laughs> minutes from my house. It's amazing. It's the closest I've ever been to work, like to, to somewhere where I'm consistently filming. I'm usually traveling yeah. for stuff. So it's just, it's such a nice experience getting to wake up in your own bed and coming home at yeah. night. And it just makes you feel a little more connected to your life rather than that your life has to go on hold while you're working. Right. So that's been a really wonderful um, aspect of shooting Good Witch for me, for sure. Sense. So your first role for Hallmark, though, was the Nutcracker Christmas. Yeah. Uh, what was your role in that? Um, so I played, oh my gosh, I have to refresh my memory. I played a character named, I believe her name was Beth, I think. Mm-hmm. And she was um, the older sister of um, actress Amy Acker, who's mm-hmm. actually a, a nice, um, a, a really good friend of mine. And um, I got to work with her. And so I'm only in the beginning of the movie because my character 
actually um, dies, <laughs> but um, she's sort of this driving force for um, for Amy's character as she pursues her love of dance because Beth was the the, the one who always believed in her and encouraged mm. her um, to follow her dreams. And so she always has Beth's memory sort of um, inspiring her. Mm. Yeah, it's an unusual, I think, Hallmark movie. Uh, to, it's a little bit different than some of the, the other ones, uh, just in, I don't know, the story and some other things. So, but, uh, but that must have been an interesting one to get uh, your, uh, your feet wet. Yeah, I mean, it was my first Hallmark uh, movie, so it it, uh, it was I I have a lot of fond memories from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I um, I I I guess was that one shot in in Toronto or was, was that Vancouver? Yeah, I was it was shot in Toronto. Toronto, and it was mm-hmm. um, their big kind of tentpole holiday movie of that season, I believe. And so it was, it was really amazing because mm-hmm. it was such a beautiful production and, and everything was just, you know, ballet is such a beautiful art form and to get, um, can you hear the drilling on your end? Yeah, just like, I can oh, you can. It. Okay. All right. Okay. Just, just wanted to, wanted to make sure. Um, yeah, sorry. It was just distracting me a little bit. Ballet is such oh, a beautiful fine. art form and it's, um, it's, it was so gorgeous to be on these huge stages and seeing all these ballerinas and their beautiful costumes. And it just um, was really magical. And it's uh-huh. a Christmas movie and there's sure. nothing like a Hallmark Christmas movie. Yeah. And um, um, it was really fun to be a part of, yeah. especially because um, Amy and I had known each other before and then kind of became even better friends through the filming of the movie. So it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. Very cool. So, yes, so Good Witch. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Joy and her character? You know, we've, as of this recording, we've just seen the premiere, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, she seems pretty, she seems to be snooping around, a little bit suspect of her, but why don't you tell us a little bit about her? Yeah, so Joy is, she's new to Middleton, and she comes in, as you guys saw in the last episode, to fix Mayor Martha's newly purchased home. And um, she's definitely there for some ulterior motives. And I think mm-hmm. Joy has definitely has a, a past that we're going to learn a lot more about in the, in the next uh, couple of episodes. And I think that um, she's, she's doing some snooping. I think Joy really wants to be sure before she starts asking questions um, that her instincts are correct and what brought her to Middleton. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's she's much more connected with the characters in Mil- Middleton than um, anyone realizes at first. So uh, it is really exciting story storyline to play because she's sort of coming as an outsider, and I was new to the new to the cast. And um, it's it's a challenge as an actor when you go on to a new show where everyone's been doing it for such a long time. Um, you just never know if you're going to fit in if what the vibe will be like. Um, but everyone was so lovely to me on good witch and, and really kind and, and welcomed me and made me feel like I'd been there forever, which, which was just so lovely. And I think my personal journey on the show as an actor really paralleled joys as we find out more about her and she gets more comfortable. You can definitely see her personality opening up and, um, and I, I felt that that way as an actor too, you know, after those first couple episodes, when you get the nerves out of the way, it just, it just was such a, a lovely uh, experience with the cast. I mean, you have the right name for it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. The, for that cast because there's uh, already two other Catherines. So. That's right. Yeah, I know, right? We had a uh, we have Catherine, Kathy, and I'm Cat. So Catherine Bell, Kathy Disher, and Cat Burrell. But uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. We we yeah. definitely joked a lot that you you have to be Catherine to get on on Good Witch. I know. I talked to Kylie, and she's she was like, "There's." <laughs> There's so many Catherines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, that must have been, yeah, it must have been a little bit, uh, a little bit scary to go into a new set, like you're saying, but also just really a cool, uh, cool group of people to be a part of. Absolutely. They're so, they're so nice. And, mm-hmm. and I was, I was, I was really not expecting uh, how welcome I was. It was, it was, it was really, um, just such a lovely surprise. Yeah. Like I so, wasn't expecting it to be bad, but I was I was so welcomed beyond yeah. anything I would have expected and and it was it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. So, it was it must have been fun working with Catherine Disher in particular mm-hmm. uh, and and her her role as Martha uh, because you guys are renovating this house or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yes. We're renovating, we're going to be renovating um, this old manor that Martha's just purchased. And we actually got to shoot at this amazing property in Hamilton. That, that is sort of, unfortunately a a bit of an abandoned property, um, but so cool and so much history there. And I really personally love old homes and have this dream that I'm going to buy an old home and restore it back to its former glory. And that's actually like a personal dream of mine. And mm-hmm. I think it's just so funny that Joy, that's actually what she does for her job. So I sort of got to vicariously live through her a little bit, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, we're going to be bringing this this home back to life for Mayor, Mar- Mayor Martha to live in. And um, we get to spend a lot of time together. And obviously, you know, Martha's a very particular client and she knows yeah. what she likes and definitely presents some challenges for Joy, who's a pretty... Um, you know, she's a very strong-headed person as well. And so there's, they're definitely going to butt heads a little bit and it creates some, some really fun tension between the two. And I'm, I'm excited for those scenes to come out. Yeah, I'm really excited too. There's nothing like uh, Mayor Martha. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She's so hilarious. Uh, she's my favorite character of the show. Oh, so she's awesome. That, oh, be really fun. So funny and such a nice character to play opposite of in a scene because there's always, you know, the things that make scenes so good are, are conflict. There, you know, a, a scene is only as interesting as the conflict yeah. that's going on inside yeah. of it. And with May, with Mayor Martha, there's always that conflict, and it's a really fun. Uh, thing to play especially with Kathy because she's such an incredible actress and um, she doesn't shy away from the Marthaisms and and she's so funny she just makes me laugh she's been on our show a bunch of times and so we really we love her oh she's so funny nice Uh, so we like to end our interviews with some fun questions silly questions Uh, so the first one what is the best ice cream flavor oh uh cookies and cream Okay, very good. What is your favorite color? Green. Uh, very on brand. Uh, okay, <laughs> what um, what music are you listening to or into right now? Uh, you know, I've been listening to some old jazz recently, mm. um, which is really fun. Uh, some 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 like oh god, what have I been listening to? Ella Fitzgerald is Ella Fitzgerald. Mm, oh my gosh, yeah. yeah, Ella Fitzgerald, and I've been listening to some big band swing stuff. Oh, and um, what else have I been listening to? Some, um, 
Billy Holiday. Billy Holiday. I'm so mm-hmm. bad with names. Oh, yeah, no, you got yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm. I like. I'm. I'm the worst person to play any sort of trivia game with because I remember no names ever. Um, but um, I, that's what I've been listening to recently. Very good. Very good. Okay, what is your go-to date night food? Ooh. Um, hmm. I mean, I love a pasta. Um, any kind of pasta will do for me. Um, but a date night food, you know, my husband and I, we love eating out. We love going to restaurants. I wouldn't say there's a certain type of food, but we do like, now that we've been in quarantine, we treat ourselves once a week to, um, like a really nice takeout meal from a local restaurant. And we've yeah. been doing a lot of sushi recently. That's sort of, cause it's really something we can't make. Right. Um, and I also do love a good ramen. So anything I can't make at home, but ramen isn't a very sexy. It's very garlicky, I suppose. Yeah. Maybe not the best for a date <laughs> night, but we do, we do do, um, sushi for, for a special night in during quarantine. So I'll say sushi right now. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Well, when you're not in quarantine, what, uh, is it go to date night activity to go out and mm, do? I mean, we're big movie fans. Obviously mm-hmm. we really like to go to the cinema and um, we really, we really love the VIP experience. So uh-huh. we'll go and we'll get like the food delivered to the seats and sort of the whole, and a drink and the whole thing. It's, that's yeah. a really fun um, thing, thing that we like to do for, for date night. And um, what else do we like to do? Um, we really, I mean, we have a dog, so we go on lots of nice hikes and stuff with the dog, but I would say the movie thing is, is uh, a big one, is a big one for us, yeah. especially because we just love movies so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. hundred okay. percent. Yeah. Be- beaches or mountains? Mm. Man, that's such a hard one. Depends on my mood. Uh, I would say the mountain has a slight, very slight edge for me, but only okay. slight. Very good. Fancy dress or sweats? Sweats. hundred <laughs> percent. Like I don't even wear heels anymore. I just, I just decided I yeah. can't handle them. I wear heels maybe like three times a year. Cause I just find them so incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. I do love getting dressed up. Um, but I'm, I like when I, I don't have to work. Sometimes I, I, I don't even realize how ridiculous I look until it's like halfway through the day. And I look in the mirror for the first time. Yeah. We've all kind of gone yeah. to, gone to dark places. Yeah, yeah, exactly. like the mail order jumpsuits are, yeah, are, are, are coming, are coming through. Yeah. It's like a, a old Seinfeld thing where he's like, what's the point where we all just decide we're all wearing the same outfit. Exactly. exactly. Individuality is over. Yeah, I know. You know, I've never been super into, like, I love clothes, but I, it's it's so much effort to like put an outfit together. Um, So for me, I find that I really love the idea of the capsule wardrobe where you have just a few pieces and you sort of interchange them. Um, But uh, it is true. Whenever you see anything about the future, they're all wearing the same clothes. The same clothes. I mean, (laughs) I had a uniform in high school. I loved my uniform because I just didn't have to think about it. I've never really been someone who's expressed myself through clothes. I just don't have that skill. I'm not great at putting outfits together. And so um, for me, it's like my dream is that you know that closet in clueless where she has oh, like, yeah. Peter's screen, she can like put her outfit together. <laughs> yeah. That's my dream. Only another level of it would be that a stylist would put the outfit together for me and it would just be there in the morning when I woke up. Yeah. And yeah. be like, this is what you're wearing today. 
I feel like or, we're not that far off from that. Oh I feel like gosh. it's Or coming. like it would analyze <laughs> the weather and I would put in what I'm doing that yeah. day and then it would just spit out an outfit. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, what's your favorite holiday to celebrate? Mm, Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. Oh, it's, it's like low pressure and it's all just about family and celebrating the seasons um, and yeah. uh, great food. I love fall food, pumpkin and squash. And mm-hmm. um, I, I just, I love Thanksgiving. What do you get assigned? What's your typical role in Thanksgiving? Mm. You know, I'm, I'm actually not a great cook. I'm a really good decorator. So usually I'll make a side dish and uh-huh. I'll, I'll do like the table decorations and the centerpieces yeah. and just make it look really pretty. That's sort of my thing. <laughs> my husband's the cook in our house, thankfully, because oh, I would good. be eating crackers and cheese all the time. If it weren't for him, he's an excellent cook. And so, um, typically we'll do, we'll do the celebration at my mom's house and I'll do the kind of the festive decorating aspect. At least you know your role. That's good. Yeah, I know my role. I stay in my lane. I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last question. Uh, do you have a favorite Hallmark movie? Or you can say, since you're new, uh, you can say a favorite rom-com if you want. I actually just watched, now I'm not going to know what it was called, unfortunately, because I only caught some of it at the end, just before Good Witch premiered last weekend, but it was um, about a woman who was saving a um, reserve, like a safari reserve. Oh, um, yeah. Um, uh, Love on Safari, I think it was called. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it yeah, was super Lacey. sweet. And I really liked it a lot. I got to yeah. watch more more Hallmark movies, but um, uh, favorite rom-com. Oh, boy. Would Bridesmaids be considered a rom-com? Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, so. Yeah. I love Bridesmaids. I mean, I love I love all these comedies that are focusing on female friendship. It's uh-huh. it's a it's its own. I think it's our it's its own love in our lives, our friends, and um, I love that more and more movies are focusing on the relationships between women and how important they are yeah. and how special they are. And um, and uh, I really found that movie absolutely hilarious and um just a gem i i I watch it and it always makes me laugh no matter how many times i've seen it well very good you passed the test (laughs) amazing yay and then we're excited (laughs) to see your role on good witch and thank you and thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us this has been such a pleasure really really great really fun and uh, do you have social media you'd like to share Oh, I do. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, uh, and my handle on both is at Kat Burrell. So Kat with a K, K-A-T. Great. And we'll have all that in the description section, so definitely check that out. And make sure you're following the podcast, the Homework Geese Pod, Homework Geese Podcast, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. You can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, everywhere please check that out as well and uh, thank you so much again for coming and talking with us this was great fun and uh good luck with everything and hopefully we'll see you on uh uh, we'll get back filming and and we'll be able to uh, keep in touch and everything uh this crazy time will be over before we know it so hopefully yeah i hope so too i hope so too thanks (laughs) for taking the time it was great to chat with you Bye. bye